Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 70, and the topic for today is managing money. This topic came, as as you know many do, from the listeners of this podcast series, and this particular one came via a email to the lifehabits at gmail account from Jack. And Jack said, just a quick thank you for your great podcast. The world needs more people like yourself. Just a quick suggestion you've probably had a couple of times. A podcast on managing money. I'd find that incredibly helpful, and I believe others will as well. Thanks again, Jack. So thanks, Jack, for that suggestion, and a few others had actually suggested that one as well. So we will line this one up for today. And as usual, start with some interesting and thought-provoking quotes. The first comes from Charles A. Jaffe, who says, It's not your salary that makes you rich. It's your spending habits. Frank Hubbard says, The safe way to double your money is to fold it over once and put it in your pocket. Gloria Steinem says, We can tell our values by looking at our checkbook stubs. And finally, an unknown author says, The real measure of your wealth is how much you'd be worth if you lost all your money. So some interesting ideas and thoughts that we will be touching on in a variety of ways in this set of advice that I will go through next. And what I'm providing here is somewhat the conventional kind of wisdom on this topic and really more of a conceptual one at that. But I'm also trying to think of the whole topic from a more broad perspective, from stepping back from some of the details that a lot of people get into right away. And so I just wanted to give you basically four suggestions and ideas to pursue. And as the last few podcasts as well, trying to limit the list of things I suggest to a smaller number and also try to really simplify your ability to kind of remember all of this as well. Because a lot of these things really do come down to some very basic fundamental elements that we just need to keep in mind. And often it isn't the case that you need to go through a very, very long list of items in order to be effective at a particular topic. So let's go through sort of the four major areas that you should be thinking about. The first is to understand what money is coming in and what money is going out. And the suggestion here from a very practical sense is to look at last month's finances in detail. Hopefully you've got some method, and I'll talk a little more in a bit about some suggestions for that too, of tracking or determining, you know, what money came in, which is usually the easier of the two, and then also what money you have actually, you know, going out. But fundamentally, that's kind of the basics of all of this, right? And the notion here too is that you need to basically increase the ins and also decrease the outs, which are the next two items that we'll talk about. So let's look first at increasing the ends. And this is one that a lot of people don't think about, and that is to improve your skills and habits to increase your value to yourself 
and others. This will maximize your happiness, your overall effectiveness, and will also maximize your success and salary, I would submit. And there's good evidence to support that as well. So the kinds of things you're already doing, if you're listening to this podcast series, is a good start. And focusing on the areas that you really think that you can improve as a person, both personally, as well as whatever career you have, whether you're developing that career you know, as a student at university or early in the career or whether you're deeper in your career as well. Any of those situations certainly benefit from you investing in yourself and making yourself more capable, which will then, in time, not necessarily immediately, but in time, will accrue significant benefits in terms of actual you know, salary and being able to bring in more money. So invest in yourself. Even you use that word and think about that word, even in terms of quite literally spending some money on yourself in that regard, whether it's taking classes or getting some particular additional coaching to make yourself even more effective. Also, if you have kids, also invest in your kids. Invest in your kids' skills so that when they are of an age, when they will be working and contributing to the working world, they'll even have more skills and abilities to really be effective, you know, as well. Now, I bring those topics up first because I really think that those are significantly important and often missed when traditional advice is given with regard to managing your money. But the traditional advice still holds as well, of course, of you know, investing in traditional financial instruments. And the general advice is to take 10% off the top if you can, and you really should try to take a significant, you know, 10% or the best that you can do off the top to invest in investment instruments. And we'll go through all of those here, but ones that are appropriate to yielding a significant or steady stream of additional income while still not being, you know, so risky as to compromise that you may not, you know, have that money up front or in the future rather. And so what you want to really do here is invest in making your money work for you. So that concept of where you can grab some additional or portions of your own money and investing them so that your money can then work for you without you doing anything at all right? If you just had that money sitting around, you know, in your pillow, you're not going to have any, it's not going to be worth anything more. In fact, it'd be worth a little bit less each year just lying there. But the concept here is to let your money work for you and invest in appropriate traditional financial instruments, as well as my suggestions for investing very importantly in yourself and in your family. The Third suggestion here is to decrease the outs. And as you heard from several of the quotes that I gave, this is often one that a lot of people don't think about, right? This notion that, well, if you're going to have a, a lot of money, the way to get that money is really by increasing the ends and basically making a larger salary and everything is focused on that. When in actual fact, a good chunk of what can 
you know, make you wealthier is actually to decrease the money that's going out. And again, it's very simple, but it's often one that a lot of people don't think about. So decide what is most important to you and use that to determine what expenses make sense and which don't. And relaying back to Gloria Steinem's quote in terms of values, again, too, this is kind of not the traditional advice, but think through of all the ways that your money is going out. Think about the things that you see as being most important to your values and then determine whether it really is worth it to spend the money that you are on the things that you're spending your money on. And so think through and look through those expenses, determine what you're going to drop basically and not pay for anymore and spend money on. Also more of the traditional category of thinking here, fundamentally reduce your debt, your credit card debt and your mortgages are the biggest challenge these days. I understand credit card debt, particularly for younger people is a real challenge. And there's really a, an interesting perspective on this that you have to learn how to effectively use things like credit cards. I mean, really, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that you can simply get something and just have it paid for by a piece of plastic that you don't actually even see the money going out. And some will argue, as a result, you should be paying cash instead, and that way you'll see, you know, what money is actually uh, going out. But that's probably not realistic in today's world and the direction that everything is going in terms of having everything electronic. And as you'll see in a minute, there's huge value in ensuring too that you actually do have things paid for electronically and have money coming in electronically as well. So I wouldn't suggest getting away from credit cards for the purposes of being able to visualize your money more effectively. But I think it is the case that you want to be aware of the um, the amount that you're owing in terms of these areas. And keep in mind here, the concept is, remember I said in increasing the ins, this concept of not having your money sitting around because it can in fact make money for you with no other effort on your part. Well, the decreasing the outs in this case, when you look at your debt, conceptually, what you're doing there is paying somebody else to use their money. So the longer that you do that, the more money you have tied up in borrowing somebody else's money and paying them for your use of it, you know, the worse off you are because you're paying out more and more and more than you actually really need to. So again, that concept of you've got money, you can make it work for you, or very importantly, where you and we all need money to pay for certain things that we need to borrow. Uh, mortgages are probably the best example. Very few people are paying for, you know, houses directly using cash. So mortgages are a reality for a lot of people. They also change their value or the houses uh, change their value, obviously, as well, up and down with regard to that. And a certain amount of that you really can't control. But you can work on trying to reduce more quickly your use of other people's money. But keep in mind during all of that, the other advice I gave earlier, that you still want to make sure that you're investing appropriately in 
yourself, you know, your family and improving investment instruments and then also these decreasing these outs. And the overall sense of that is that a lot of what you'll hear from financial advice is only focused on the money is only focused on absolutely increasing the value that you get from every dollar that you get and also making sure that you you know try not to spend you know any money at all and i think the overall guidance here is you've got to balance it all in life and you have to see what you're spending your money on even if it's seems like an inordinate amount of money, but it's something that's directly worth it in terms of improving yourself. That's the kind of thing you're not going to hear from financial advisors. You're going to hear the, well, you need to be investing them in these mutual funds, or you need to be reducing your mortgage by paying it down every, you know, 10% every opportunity you get, etc. So those things are important. But what I'm suggesting here is step back though, and look at your overall values, your overall direction in life, and the kinds of things that we have talked about in this series a lot on these various topics, and apply them to to the whole topic of managing your money. The last suggestion is one that I think is really, really critical, and that is to simplify, visualize, and track. We talked about the notion of credit cards and the like. Have one credit card. A lot of people have a variety of cards. You don't really track what's on sort of any of them. And if they were to actually add up what's owing in all of them, it's incredible shock. And again, I hear that that's often the case with younger people in particular as well. So use, as I mentioned a minute ago, credit cards rather than cash in order to track it so that you can always have every time you spend any money on whatever it's actually recorded for you. And some can argue and some will argue that, you know, you should just keep a a record yourself of your expenditures and write everything down in a book and all that. That's fine if you have the the discipline, the time and the like to do that. I never have. (laughs) And I know a lot of other people don't have time for that either or the, the interest in doing that level of tracking themselves by writing things down. So I rather think we're at an interesting time right now when every transaction that we actually uh, carry out is automatically tracked electronically in our purchasing systems. And so what I actually suggest here and what I do is use some software to do that tracking. And one of the best, I think, ways of doing that is a thing called mint.com, which is a system that You identify basically all the sources of the ins and the outs and, you know, what you're worth and link it to your bank accounts and the like, your credit cards, your mortgage. And on a regular basis, you can now track what is going on in your, you know, financial world. And it will also automatically, and this is important as well, there was other software that tried many years ago now that you had to go back in again and indicate what was expenditures on entertainment, what was expenditures on on gas, you know, what was food, that kind of stuff. This mint.com automatically tries to assess and is pretty good at it in categorizing all of your expenses in a way that you can make sense of them without having to go back in again and have to categorize all of this. You can, in certain cases where it doesn't know what it is, you can then add new categories to that as well. But I find that it's a really effective way in one place 
of seeing how you're doing and also identifying some things that you may be paying for that either you weren't aware of or there are some mistakes there if you don't track your finances very carefully normally. So it's a way of actually unearthing those and also, you know, getting a sense, quite frankly, of the bigger picture view, which is all important in the advice that I'm giving here rather than down to the every little bit of detail. So I, I think it's really a good method of doing it. There are, I, I, as I understand it, it is available in the US and Canada, but isn't necessarily available elsewhere. And some other people find as well that it doesn't satisfy their needs as well as others. I asked in the social networks for reflections on meant dot com and experiences with it and any other suggestions that people had. And people did talk about that a few people were concerned about the security of mint.com. You are after all giving them some pretty important information, but there's a fair bit of advice that it is in fact, you know, very secure, but any of these things are essentially only as good as the security system built into them. I, I happen to trust the uh, overall system, but some others on my social network said that uh, they didn't. Others have also talked about there's some features that are missing and another service is called Money Dance that you may want to consider. And also in the UK, uh, Love Money is the other service that was recommended to me in that country. So there's a variety of pieces of software here. Of course, you can also use methods of doing this tracking that aren't quite as centralized. Your bank statements, your own bank's website uh, that uh, you may or may not already use so will give you some you know, easy indication too of what's coming in, what's going out and the like so you can track it. But I happen to really value having it all in one place and also seeing trends. What's the trends in your spending? Are your spending habits for entertainment increasing over time? How are you doing just in terms of the bottom line? Are you appropriately investing your uh, money in uh, investments sufficiently? Or are you actually spending more than you're taking in? You know, a very fundamental uh, aspect of overall managing your money. So all of those insights can be easily gleaned from a piece of software like mint.com. So you can take the advice that I've given in the other suggestions that I've just gone through and then see how you're doing or even use mint.com or one of the others to be able to see what to reduce, what to increase, and overall how you're doing. So understand what money's coming in and out. Look at your last month's finances. Increase the ins in the ways that I've suggested. Decrease the outs and overall track this stuff. Visualize it so that you can get a good handle on what in fact is going on. So those are my very simple and yet, um, you know, somewhat conceptual as well as some practical suggestions for how to manage money better. Let's move quickly just to a little bit of the feedback that we got still getting good feedback, but still really appreciate any other feedback you may have, particularly any ideas on particular things to focus on, what particular podcast episodes may be of particular use, that sort of thing as well. So got feedback from the Norway iTunes store from Heidi, who says, just do it five stars. I really like Carl's podcast. It's an efficient and tidy way of not only going through the reminder of things we all should work on and getting better at as human beings, but also all the different concepts are broken down to a comprehensive step-by-step -step guide on how to actually do it. It's inspirational 
and down to earth. Carl is a great voice, and listening to his podcasts makes me a little sane again when I've drifted away with the hassles of the day like we all so easily do. Great job, Carl. Well, thanks so much, Heidi in Norway. The Australian iTunes store has a comment from Tia, a must-listen podcast, five stars. And Tia says, I've emailed my thanks and appreciation to Carl, but also wanted to share my feedback here for others who might be considering this podcast series. He puts the listener and audience at the center of his work and takes listener feedback with enthusiasm. These podcasts have helped me to get through a particularly difficult time in my life, and I am forever grateful to Carl for so generously creating this series and making them free. So much quality advice, at no cost, with no ads. Do yourself a favor and get downloading. Thank you, Carl, and thank you, Tia, for both the suggestions for topics that you emailed me, as well as for the feedback as well. In the U.S. iTunes store, KRPH says, relaxing and uplifting, five stars. These podcasts are full of little tips that will help make each of your days better. Carl is a very calming voice, which leaves you feeling relaxed at the end of each session. This is excellent to listen to while you are trying to unwind at the end of a stress-filled day. Also from the U.S. iTunes store, Taylor says, Five stars. Wonderful podcast. Thank you, Carl. I've only heard a few thus far, but I'm looking forward to the rest. And finally, from the Philippines iTunes store, Henry says, Very useful and insightful five stars. This podcast is very relevant and practical. Keep it up, Carl. I always listen to your podcast every day. Thanks ever so much, Henry, and all of you for your feedback, as well as all of your increased and continued interest in this podcast series. Remember, you can get a hold of me at alifehabits at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for particular topics you'd like me to address, you can also provide feedback in iTunes. You can also provide any feedback or suggestions via Facebook as well, which is facebook.com slash lifehabits. That's it for this episode. Talk to you all next time, and bye for now.